0: This is the fear of science. and welcome to The Fear of Science, the show that dives into the wide world of science topics to demystify, debunk, and delight. Each show features a new science fear with special guests and more surprises and discoveries along the way. I'm Daniel Chai, your co-host. And I'm Jeff Porter, your other co-host. And today we are in the beautiful Vancouver Public Library Inspiration
1: Lab studios to talk about the fear of viruses (laughs) and now we're talking like biological viruses not viruses for your computer um so just to get that out of the way yes both very scary but
0: luckily we have again special guests joining us in studio to talk about this topic uh please introduce yourselves for our listeners
2: Sure. I am Dr. Jennifer Gardia. I'm your friendly neighborhood public health official on the show today. I'm a senior scientist over at the British Columbia Center for Disease Control, an associate professor at UBC's School of Population and Public Health, and I have been studying viruses since I was a teenager. I saw Outbreak with Dustin Hoffman oh, and yeah. I was like, I want to do that for the rest of my life. <laughs> Don't recommend using a Dustin Hoffman film as your like <laughs> career counselor when you're a teenager, but it turned out okay. So for uh, many, many years I've been studying viruses, bacteria, pathogens, all that
0: good stuff.
1: Besides Tootsie, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. That was,
2: that was a good one, too. I had <laughs> a couple of friends that maybe took inspiration from
0: that. Excellent. Welcome back, Jennifer. Thank
2: you.
3: And uh, I'm Scott Hemingway, uh, co-host of a local podcast, Dark Poutine, Not a Doctor, um, <laughs> and have not been... I did read a book on Ebola once, <laughs> so that's that's all I need to know.
4: Yeah, you're qualified. So I'm cool. Qual- I. I, I consider myself a doctor. <laughs> I'm Mike Brown, creator and host of Dark Poutine and uh, Scott's buddy. <laughs> <laughs> For now. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I have a. I've always had kind of an interest in things medical. My dad was a veterinarian, so um, you never had a uh, a bruise. You would have a contusion, I believe, a right? hematoma. A hematoma. Oh. It was always something like that, and then he would threaten to amputate.
2: <laughs> it works. I mean, honestly,
4: yeah, it works. It terrifies you as a kid. Amputation or threat of
1: amputation. All oh. of them. All of these. <laughs> all
0: all of
4: them
1: don't above. limit your options. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, welcome everyone. Uh, let's let's dive right into this, uh, Jeff. So, so viruses. Uh, you know, we we always like to start off each episode by asking each of our guests uh, what and why do we fear about viruses. So let's let's throw it over to our guests.
2: I want to hear from these guys first. Oh, you know.
3: okay. Well, yeah, go uh, with the the, Scott. Yeah. So, it's... Ebola. Big fear of Ebola. I don't want to bleed out of every orifice. That's a
4: lot. What? Yeah. No! <laughs> Show's over. There you go. <laughs> yeah, they're done. Oh, no, come on. I thought oh, you were Oh, we're not here to make Scott feel oh, sure, better.
2: Yeah. No. <laughs> oh. um, internally, sometimes there's yeah, yeah. some hemorrhaging. Um, but oh. the, that, like, hey, your bodily fluids are going to leak out of every orifice. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be terrible. It's actually sort of a myth. It is usually systemic organ failure that will get you. Um, yeah. But, yeah, you don't sort of liquefy and turn to goop.
3: Well, oh. my fear's gone. Yeah, yeah we're done. done. There we Good go. Night, done. <laughs> 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 that was, well, right. Right. That was <laughs> primarily... But I—it's—I think what really got me with Ebola and whatnot is just the severity of it. how the de- is the is I hope it's still the deadliest uh, of the viruses.
2: <laughs> Myth! Oh my goodness! You guys are gonna have so many learnings! Oh my goodness!
3: Anyways, they scare the crap out of me.
4: So there, there you go. Um, I—I just—I'm just super interested in what what's gonna take mankind out. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so I've spent a lot of, I've actually read up on a bit of I read The Hot Zone like Scott did of Classic. course
2: written but, by Glenn Close's dad
4: oh there you what? go yeah. did not wow
0: know we are that. learning so much over there. Yeah.
4: Like my mind is too. completely blown now but um, also um, my grandfather was in World War One, so I had uh, I grew up around talk about the Spanish influenza and, and that kind of thing um, my father had polio so uh, we we talked about that growing up so and of course we lived through the the AIDS epidemic Uh in the in the in the 80s and, and early in the 90s so I but to to sit here and say I understand what a virus is or how it works, I would I would be lying. So I'm hoping that's why you're here to explain <laughs> explain how those things work. But I have this weird like obsession that there is a virus out there that's lurking, yeah. waiting to be activated by the step of a flamingo uh, <laughs> into a monkey who you know kisses a snake and the snake bites the man and we all die.
1: The abyss wasn't it? Where
4: Something like down
1: that. And find the, <laughs> the creature the no, that no, yeah, Le- Leviathan, yeah, Leviathan. The
2: abyss yeah. was the big old friendly, uh, the,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah the the f- at which oh, she made yeah. a face at you, which oh, I yeah. watched like seven times in the theater, but whatever.
2: <laughs> Am I the only person in this uh, airtight room, which is incidentally perfect for airborne virus circulation? Am I the only <gasps> person who's not actually scared of viruses? Oh.
3: Uh, you're not. So you're not. You're no, not scared. Not. No, no. I mean, well, you chose the right career <laughs> yeah, path, I suppose. Kind of then
2: I, I have to like these. Wow. Things, I but. Think, uh,
0: I have a healthy respect of viruses. Mm. I think you know. Um, I, you know, from watching the the news all the time, it seems like, uh, seems like every year. Though this year, I think because the news cycle is so taken up with, with a lot of political, oh, a lot of political oh, stuff. What?
4: what?
1: What? When did That's that happen?
0: A, also,
4: but, a know, form of a virus.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, yeah, it seems like it seems like every year there's a new virus that that we need to be aware of. You know, whether it's like avian flu or or foot and mouth disease,
3: mad cow disease. You That's know, uh, a prion,
2: not a virus.
3: Yeah, I was just and gonna tell I was just, just gonna say that too. Yeah, yeah. 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 I've been, I've I've been bell and yeah. every
2: time there's like um, critch, critch show. In,
3: in post so I'll bad. add the bell
1: sound yeah. every time. <laughs> or
2: some sort of angry buzzer. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> you know,
2: Mike brought up a really good point, um, which was mentioning the Spanish flu. Um so 1918 pandemic influenza. Uh, you know, Ebola is a little bit scary, rabies a little bit scary. These are some of the deadly viruses that are out there. But really the thing that if there is sort of like super virus, the one thing that's going to do humanity in, it's probably going to be some sort of pandemic flu. And we're just kind of waiting for it to happen again. It happened in 1918. It happened in the 50s. It happened in the 60s. It happened in 2009. We're obviously getting better at developing drugs, at developing vaccines, at developing um, therapies to treat some of the secondary complications that happen after getting a flu infection. But if there's one thing that wipes us all out, it's Probably going to be some sort of pandemic flu.
4: The cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're all going to get and it's a man cold.
2: In kindergarten, because those yeah. kids are super dirty. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, oh. and I think as well that um, the fear of viruses, viruses is also the, the fear of death mm-hmm. but for me I think also the fear is that it won't kill you, that this is going to be something that you have to live with uh, that changes your life dramatically mm. for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. I find that just mm.
4: really disturbing. Living living in an iron lung does not look appealing.
1: Yeah, no. Not, uh, debatable. You look cool for a bit but after a while it wears <laughs> exactly. off. So, uh, uh,
0: Randomly, my brain went to this thing. Uh, it, measles is a virus? It sure is. It's yeah. a single-stranded
2: RNA virus.
0: Uh, so I, I, I read the headline, um, and I, of course, didn't get a chance to read the full article because my brain is already
2: gone. Who does, already really, gone. Daniel? Who
0: does? Um, but I, I saw this. Uh, there was an article yesterday that's, that, uh, that said that if a body gets measles, um, apparently how the measles works in the body is that it kind of... Uh, Resets your body's immune system, and that it kind of uh, that it kind of forgets how to deal with other diseases. Oh wow! That...
2: Your immune system is a bit weird. We're starting to learn things about lots of different viral pathogens um, and other pathogens too. It doesn't necessarily have to be a virus, but it can. They can do very odd things to your immune system sometimes. So one of the things is this wonderful phenomenon. I love the name of this original antigenic sin, and it's the notion that <laughs> the first I know, it's so good. Um, Who
4: names these things?
2: Yeah, I'm,
4: I'm going to so use that in our next <laughs> show.
2: With a flair for the dramatic. Right. So original antigenic sin, let's use flu as an example. So it says that the very first flu that you are exposed to is the one that your body's going to sort of preferentially remember. It'll always make a very strong response to flus that kind of look like that one, but it might not make as good a response to flus that are quite different. And we have multiple types and flus yeah. that go around every year. There's flu A and flu B. Within flu A, there's the H1N1 type of flu, which is what's sort of dominating right now. There's another type of flu called H3N2. So if you get exposed to H1N1 first, you're always going to have a bit of an easier time fighting that one off, and you might be more susceptible to H3N2 infections. Um, so your immune system is a weird thing. We're just beginning to understand how it really interacts with pathogens and how our, our history of exposure to different viruses might influence our future response to them so it's a fascinating fascinating field of study measles by the way is back in a big way
1: yeah.
4: <laughs> anti-vaxxers oh those oh, people
3: God. I was going to yeah. mention that mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so we're all
1: obviously anti-vaxxers right
4: oh <laughs> firmly yeah oh. we're going
1: to
0: get so many tweets and emails from both sides so yeah that, yeah.
2: just direct them to me uh, Daniel <laughs>
3: Chuck. <laughs> I, I don't think it matters who they're listening yeah. to they buy it Daniel Try at DanielTry Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <Madness. laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 funny. There's so much. Uh, I guess that's why it's it's really great to have you and other scientists working on this stuff because um, uh, it seems like yeah, you know, even though it's like 2019, and you know, and and I'm holding a mini computer mm-hmm. in my hand. There's still so much to learn. Oh uh, yeah, and that's why I, I love podcasts like you know Fear of Science and and Dark Poutine. Just stuff to learn
3: all the time. I think I think fear the name, uh, you know, leading into the show, I think, like, I'm imagining your uh, lack of fear when it comes to viruses and whatnot has to do with your knowledge of mm-hmm. it. I think a lot of the time fear it has yeah, a sure. lot to do with a lack of experience yep. or knowledge in something. And when you learn about it, things get demystified.
2: Exactly. It's very
3: true. Such as bleeding from all over. <laughs>
2: Ebola. That's I'm not going to
3: let go of that dream. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what we're that's what we're here to do. Tonight yeah. we're starting with Scott and then
1: (laughs) (laughs) one (laughs) (laughs) person at a time. (laughs) I
2: remember like growing up um, you know taking university courses in immunology for example I hated immunology but you know you have to study you got to understand your body's defenses against these things and there was just so much immune system so much uh, like so many cytokines that are doing different things and this one's pro-inflammatory and this one's anti-inflammatory and you've got this type of cell and that type of cell and this other thing and there were just so many pieces like if I can't remember all the pieces to the immune system Surely that means there's enough in there to keep me safe. Right? Yeah, A bunch yeah. of stuff. And yeah. at that point, I just kind of stopped caring. Mm. So if you look at microbiologists, virologists, we kind of fall into two camps. Those that are absolute germaphobes and those of us that just do not give
1: it. Mm. And I'm yeah.
2: squarely in the latter camp. <laughs> <There you know. laughs>
1: well, when I was... Uh... I decided to research a, a bit of the show for a change, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, most of my knowledge from the human body comes from the movie Osmosis Jones. So I figured it was probably a good well, idea to source. look something up. We're out. learning so much about from Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, uh, what have
2: you found for <laughs> so Doctor Jeff?
1: But one thing that I thought um, that I figured out is that I didn't realize that bacteria and viruses were so totally different, and a lot of the time when Ooh. we're thinking viruses, we're thinking bacteria mm-hmm. and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to play a little game here. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, yeah.
2: I'm going to win. Yeah.
1: <laughs> You're not being asked. <laughs> oh, <laughs> You're going to be the person who tells us the answer. All right. Because <laughs> even though I researched it, I'm not 100% sure. Okay. <laughs> but, so the game this. is called Bacteria or virus. Okay. Oh, I'm going to inhale. I so got this. I've got this. Ask, I got this on TV. Ebola. Yeah. Was yeah. that the answer? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a virus. So oh. I'm going to ask you a bunch of uh, of different uh, symt- or things, and you tell me whether it's a bacteria or
4: a virus. Okay. So the first one, chickenpox. Uh, virus. Definitely a virus because it gave me shingles later on. <laughs> oh. Correct. <laughs> yeah. 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 There we go. Yes. All right. Uh, two, strep throat. Uh... Bacteria. Bacteria. I'd say bacteria as bacteria. well.
2: Streptococcus.
4: There yep,
1: you go. Yep. Nice, nailing it. Mm. Uh, number three, tuberculosis. <gasps> oh. My favorite.
3: Uh, it's my favorite of the osuses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to say bacteria, <laughs> even though the viral expert is saying it's her favorite. I'm still going to go. <laughs> I'm going to go with bacteria. I'm going to
4: say virus. I'll yes. say virus, too.
2: It's a bacterium. What? A a a a a a How can Down.
4: Scott be right? Yes. This is, this is like his first university. Because of the book course. I read. <laughs> <laughs> Number
1: four. <laughs> this one's an easy one since we've already been talking about it. Ebola.
3: Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. I've been ready my whole life for this. Uh, e- <laughs> E-virus. Yeah. What if I screwed up and said bacteria? <laughs> well,
1: too much pressure. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Virus.
1: Yeah, it's a virus. And the last one, cancer.
3: Whoa. Whoa. This is Whoa. a good one. Whoa. Yeah. I'm gonna, I, like once again, once stuff. again, I'm going to say bacteria, although I'm sure it's wrong. <laughs> I'm going to say virus. I'd say virus. I was being tricky.
4: Because it's neither. No,
2: it sometimes is both. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
4: we all right. Uh, (laughs) Let's take a little (laughs) Now I'm very scared.
2: Side here. Uh, So cancer is basically cell division gone out of control. Um, It's when your cells just don't stop dividing and uh, a tumor results. And most of the time, what causes that is a mutation (laughs) in any one of the many genes that kind of control the process of cell division. So sometimes that mutation might jam the signal that says hey keep dividing might like jam that on and other times it like deletes the signal that says hey Hmm. stop dividing so there's sort of two pathways so it's a mutation in one of the many genes in your human genome but here's the thing certain types of infections can actually lead to those mutations. So um, cervical cancer, for example, is associated with human, uh, human papillomavirus infection, um, and there are different bacterial uh, infections as well that seem to induce inflammation that can sometimes lead to cellular damage and cancer. So it is both not an infection, yet sometimes can be the result of an infection. So everybody's right!
1: Wow, You're oh. better than a book. <laughs> yes. That's why we don't just read out of a book on this podcast. (laughs) 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 But that's what we do. Yeah, yeah. We just watch Osmosis Jones (laughs) and talk about it. That'd be a great tagline. Jennifer Gardy Better than a book. book? Better than a book. You're welcome. You're welcome. I think (laughs) you should. That'd be amazing. (laughs) So I think the, the grand winner was Scott in that, yeah. that yeah. Uh, I yeah. can't accept that. We'll have to have you guys come back for a rematch one time. Yep. Yeah, make it about Perfect. cancer. Yeah.
2: parasites yeah. in next time,
1: too. Ah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Oh I feel
0: so, really good. Uh, about this. So for for Jennifer and and, and our guests as well, uh, from from different perspectives from uh, the say uh, you know pop culture. The media informed standpoint. perspective. <laughs> How I dare like, you, you mention <laughs> Scott read a book. <laughs> a whole one. A um, book. <laughs> our, Not even picture book. Our no, viruses right. you know, we we touched briefly <laughs> on measles having a comeback unfortunately. Uh you know other you know i guess other than or including measles are viruses getting worse like are 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 they becoming more prevalent in our societies are they becoming stronger even with all the things that we are doing
4: uh, and what are we doing?
2: Great question. Because
4: they do mutate, right? They, they um, do. They
2: do mutate. Um, so I guess that one of the big picture things that's helpful to say is that we, s- we see more viruses because we're better looking for them. Um, we have better diagnostic technologies. We have better ability to set up public health labs and microbiology testing facilities in places all over the world where previously we just couldn't have labs set up. Um, so we we're a lot better at finding them. So it seems like there are more. That being said, there are definitely more what we call spillover events. So where viruses get into humans from is typically animals. So viruses will have a natural reservoir, some sort of animal that they live in that they don't ever really make sick. Bats, it's usually bats. If you're looking for the reservoir of a new virus to check bats, it's, you'll probably find it there. Bats are super interesting for a bunch of reasons. They seem to be like flying bags of virus that don't actually get sick from any of these things, but they're able to, you know, crap it out and then it might, you know, land on uh, a pig in a pig farm. And then the virus mutates. It might adapt to be able to infect the pig. And then from there, it's a pretty easy one or two mutations, a little jump to be able to infect humans. So that process of going from this animal reservoir to an intermediary species to jumping in and causing the odd human infection, but without sustained human to human transmission, but then eventually having actual human to human transmission, that's what we call spillover. And that's happening more and more just because of the changing relationship that we have with our earth as we're encroaching into animals habitats um, tearing down jungle and putting up farming uh, operations coming into closer contact with animals than we ever have before we're just seeing more and more of these spillover events and viruses are getting into places where we wouldn't have expected them before like ebola in west africa ebola usually hangs out kind of central africa around the congo drc but yeah it showed up in a place we would never seen before changing land use yeah so there are kind of more of them um we're getting better at finding them we're getting better at developing vaccines uh to combat them prevent viral infections in the first place um but yeah we'll we'll always be finding new ones so, so what, what
4: I'm getting from this is like, don't eat bat poop. Like, well, I was <laughs> yeah, I was poop. I was just gonna say like, my don't whole
3: takeaway bats. is if we can better manage bat poop. Looks like I'm changing <laughs> my little, <diet>. little <laughs> diaper bat diapers and stuff like Cold that. Work. Work, work. Yeah, hmm. you you're welcome, work? world. You know what I was thinking the <laughs> entire everybody. time?
1: I'm like, why is that not one of Batman's powers? Yeah. Shits on people and they get a fired.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Does, Batman has no powers. That's true. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. Well, Damn. Other than those given to him by his uh, his mula.
1: Yeah, yeah. On his utility belt, he should have some back guano. <laughs> 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 well, I
0: mean,
1: mean? Uh, uh, that
0: talking about this actually reminds me of a story that I just pulled up. Um, it was, uh, it came out. The story. Uh, hit the mainstream news last August, and it was about a Wisconsin man who had his lower legs and hands amputated oh. after developing a rare blood infection caused by bacteria in dog saliva.
2: Oh, yeah, the puppies. Yeah. Yeah. Was that yeah. Bartonella? Which one was that? It? Uh,
0: it was, uh, let's see, um, mm-hmm. a good. rare blood infection caused by bacteria called capnocytophagia. Nailed it. <laughs> weird. Yeah, and um, so apparently, yeah, I being, had that for dinner last. <laughs> <laughs> it's
4: an Italian place. It was. <laughs> yeah, and, um,
0: it was. It's apparently it's <laughs> a type of bacteria that's common in dogs, and it doesn't hurt or affect ninety nine percent of people. So but that one that one yeah, percent, got uh, a weird yeah. little
2: immune deficiency yeah. or something. Uh, oh, poor guy. Had
3: gone to his bloodstream, blood poisoning, sepsis. Wow, wow. Puppy-itis. Uh, puppy. I guess though, if like you're gonna I mean, he didn't go whoa, but if you're going to like have something debilitating happen, it would be pretty cool to be like, yeah, puppy. <laughs> yeah, uh, puppy did it. How'd that yeah, happen? Yeah. There puppy. was a puppy. recent
2: puppy death, um rabies. Um, oh, so yeah. rabies, okay. if you want to be afraid of a virus,
4: rabies is like, horrific. Knock,
2: <laughs> yeah, rabies is horrible. Lettuce like oh. knock Ebola uh, off the number one scary.
4: Oh. Virus list. That scares Scott in a different is way. One.
1: Oh.
2: Rabies is incurable. So once symptoms of rabies start, it is too
3: late. It's you will
2: die. There yep. is one That's person. Me.
3: That's very different. i got to go to the hospital. <laughs> there's
2: like a single person. Maybe they've done this for one or two more people. But yeah, there's only been a few people that have lived through a rabies infection only because they were put into basically like a medically induced coma and sort of frozen until their what? nervous system could deal with this. Really? So once you start the symptoms of rabies, it's too late. Wow. But they take a while to kick in. So if you're bitten by a bat, a rabbit, dog or animal, you've got mi- weeks, I mean, honestly, you should do it right away, but you've got weeks to go and get a shot that will 100% prevent you from getting rabies. But if you don't get that shot, you are toast. And it was a woman that went on a... A yoga retreat to India was um, bitten just gently by a puppy. Uh, They didn't even have to put a stitch in or anything. They just sort of washed it off with water and went on their merry way. And then months later, never got prophylaxis, months later developed rabies. My favorite thing about rabies is it... One of the symptoms. This is so bizarre. Is it makes you afraid of water. It's called rabies Oops. hydrophobia. <laughs> Google. You can find <laughs> YouTube videos of it from medical journals. And you put a glass of water in somebody that's suffering from rabies, and they'll try and swallow it, but they can't. Their throat just seizes up. What it's the, the strangest thing.
4: Is so, that what causes the frothy mouth, or
2: that is a myth? Uh, okay. Yeah, like there you go. Oh, wow. A little bit. Humans Fresh do mouth not mouth yeah. love it. And there's two types of rabies: furious rabies and dumb rabies. That's what we call them. Just think
3: That's of two stuff. best
1: opposing names. I know. Yeah. Basically. Old Yeller oh, oh. takes on a wholly <laughs>
0: different meaning. So, movie. so is um, so uh, is rabies the number one?
2: It's virus? my scariest For virus. Yeah. I think right. it's the one that doesn't get enough respect, but it's one that um, we're really good at managing because right. we vaccinate wildlife, right. and you put the vaccine oh. in food. You drop the food from helicopters or airplanes, like it's like kibble, basically. It's mm-hmm. vaccine impregnated kibble, oh. and wildlife eat it. Raccoons eat it. Raccoons. And, skull. Yeah
0: yeah so, uh, a friend of mine actually he uh, he posted on facebook that he was uh, sw- he was uh, dive bombed he was uh, swoped, swooped swooped <laughs> by <Sweat>. an owl <laughs> and then uh, he posted that he had to go and get a rabies yeah, shot yep. just in case yeah, yeah. so it must have been must have been cut yep. uh, by a town i was like wow yeah. we
2: say you know if it's a dog bite unless the dog is rabid there's no cause for rabies prophylaxis post exposure prophylaxis because so, so many dogs are vaccinated against rabies in north america but if you have a bat contact like say you've got a bat in your house or something and you're trying to chase after it with a broom and it brushes against you then we recommend
3: and i was just either. i was just surrounded by bats some month i was in australia Mm-hmm. It's like bats everywhere. Uh-huh. Now, <laughs> did now they I'm concerned. I don't think they did. I'll have a new. Uh, but at that time, lots of no. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I don't think I got. Pooped upon, <laughs> oh, good.
4: but man, there's a lot of bats there. Oh yeah. Now, that, uh, uh, that's the, not the way I want to get a new co-host. Just so you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, um, uh, for for our guests from the Dark Poutine, uh, who uh, and and again for our listeners who maybe are new to Dark Poutine, what is Dark Poutine?
4: Mike. <laughs> <laughs> uh, essentially, it's a true crime podcast where we talk about mostly Canadian true crime. We will do away games like a hockey game. game. So we'll talk about uh, a crime that happened outside of Canada but most of our stuff is inside Canada so we've uh, talked not only about murder and crime, but we'll do... We just did the Franklin Expedition, for example. Uh, Halifax, Halifax Explosion. Halifax Explosion, you know, things like that. So darker things in Canadian history. We're trying not to be just a murder podcast. Uh, although, there's a lot of
3: murders. Yeah. A, although there are <laughs> a, lo- a lot...
4: There's a lot of- that... People yeah. just want us to, to talk about because yeah. they like the way we deal with it. I guess we we try to show a lot of respect for victims and families and communities uh, because we believe that all of all of that has something to do with the effect that a crime has. It's not just the uh, the the initial victim. It's also people surrounding yep. Yep. and those Burnaby. kind of things. Friends, so,
3: family, there's a yeah. lot of victims from each crime.
4: Yeah, we're in the middle of a two-part series right now on Clifford Olson, So he had a big effect here in, <laughs> in the Lower Mainland and uh, Surrey, uh, Coquitlam and uh, Burnaby specifically. So, right. Wow. Yeah.
0: Now, the reason why uh, uh, I'm glad you guys are here for this particular episode is because this is an, uh, an idea that I've always thought, you know, possible. But of course, we'll check in with Jennifer as well. You know, in, in uh, a lot of, like, spy movies, they will have, you know, uh, oh, like I like why this is you know, virus, like weaponized, a, like
4: weaponized viruses. Weaponized mm-hmm. viruses,
0: right? People carrying viruses in a briefcase. For some of,
1: course, of course, of course. It's always green.
0: Yeah, and it's smoking <laughs> when you open it up, right? Yeah, and yeah. It's just a file that goes. <laughs> p- 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Has there uh, now? Uh, in in all seriousness, uh, has there ever been a? Crime done with a virus? You know, like, well,
4: you know, there'll be like, say, serial killers. Wow, abuse, that's like certain poisons like this. Like, uh, uh, you know, Not that I'm aware of. And I'm, I've, I've been studying true crime for a long, long time. So if one of your listeners knows of something, I'm, I'm more than, uh, yeah, just. At Dark Poutine on uh, on Twitter, Uh, please let me know because that would be pretty fascinating thing to talk about. Is a weaponized because
0: like thinking about you know uh, you know it's one of those like if you could do it and get away with it you know it's like if you if you had uh, rabies if you had weaponized rabies and if rabies only shows up a couple months later be like hey how's it going see you later (laughs) (laughs) and then you know uh, and like is it is could you could you yeah. give someone a virus
2: so i'll i'll say two things so there have been <coughs> criminal viral introductions in that um HIV, willful HIV Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. <sighs>
4: yeah, that, I didn't think of that right off the yes. Off. Yes. And
2: there have been a number of people...
4: Here in Canada as well, yeah. yeah.
2: around the world, people have willingly infected partners mm-hmm. with HIV. And there's been some really interesting uh, DNA forensic work done on the virus itself uh, to prove those transmission events oh, wow. or, you know, as much as you can prove things. Sort of the OJ, you know, is, you know, one in a 14 million chance yeah. that right. it would be somebody else. So there is some history of that, but when it comes to bioterrorism, actually using viruses and bacteria is tricky. Uh, it's tricky for a lot of reasons. like But not impossible. If you can dream it, you can do it, Danielle. Um, but like rabies, for example, requires injection intramuscularly, so you would actually have to uh, inject something. I wouldn't put put it past the Russians, for example. I'm sure they've done it before. <laughs> um, but what tends to work better is toxins that are naturally produced by mm. bacteria, for example. So uh. botulism toxin is the single most toxic natural substance substance known to man. I mean, we pay money to get it injected in our foreheads, so we stay young-looking and gorgeous, but, you know, enough of it fatal. Um, so there's a lot of pathogen-derived products that you mm. can use, but it turns out like actually handling live biological material and hoping it's going to behave. It's like having a classroom of uh, you know preschoolers or toddlers right. or kindergartners, just trying to get like 30 of them to get in a like line. Like herding cats. Yeah. Yeah, when you're trying to orchestrate some sort of mass biological terror mm. with a bunch of living organisms, it's even more challenging. Mm. So there are the aerosolized um, anthrax attacks uh, oh, back in, uh, I guess, about you know, 17 years ago now. Yeah. And that's hard to do. Right. Um, so it probably would be a toxin. It would have to be kind right. of a one-on-one like on one event. like anthrax
1: powder that exactly. was through the mail, right? Yeah. Yeah. What if you took a bat? And threw a bat at somebody.
2: That's gonna work. At the very least, they're probably gonna get some. Aha! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> Ozzy yeah, Osbourne would just bite its head off.
1: Yeah, Ozzy would
3: just.
4: Bite yeah, Ozzy yeah. Osbourne would die.
3: <laughs> How did Ozzy not if get the first, rabies? The first victim, Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs>
4: yeah. I don't know what happened.
3: <laughs> that is that your Ozzy? I
4: don't feel well.
2: Get rabies because his blood is basically alcohol. Yeah, that's that true. sterilizes. There's nothing
1: human left right in there. there. Yeah, exactly. the Keith Richards effect yeah. yeah the bat would have died if it wouldn't have got its <laughs> head <a bit> <laughs> wow wow all oh, right that so much um so one question i had i'm gonna ask everyone but jennifer because she's gonna know the answer you know? um is uh what does everyone think the most deadly viruses so the amount mo- the virus that has killed the most amount of people
4: oh
1: i'd uh, say the flu yeah. Mm. yeah i'm going with flu we're Influen- gonna go with influenza.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: what, what oh, is
0: it. influenza?
4: Yeah. <laughs> Alex. Boop boop boop.
1: <laughs> it's the flu. Yeah.
4: Influenza? <laughs> no, it's not. Come on. No, uh,
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: uh, uh, funny guy. Be
1: like, what's the, what's the number two? What
4: is the number two? Uh, I don't want to talk about number two.
2: Right? <laughs> 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 it's a subject for a whole other episode. <laughs> it's interesting because, uh, yeah, I I do not know the answer off the top of my head. I would suspect flu um, because it does it kills tens of thousands of people in North America every year. Um, this is still a killer regularly, um, and certainly you have the large pandemics that would have swept over the world but at the same time um, there's a lot of viruses that cause childhood diarrhea uh, still to this day you know Mm. in sub Saharan Africa Mm. and then you look back over the human history and the fact that we just you know for so long didn't have sanitation and other things the flu can be a problem when you've got lots of people close together um, airborne transmission cold weather um, but then you've got these sort of year-round things it doesn't matter if you have a big population there's a virus out there in a contaminated water supply. You mm. can drink it, and, and kids can die. So I don't know whether diarrhea-causing viruses, rotavirus, stuff like that, or pandemic flu mm. would take uh, the case.
4: I don't think I've ever seriously said the word diarrhea before. <laughs> <laughs> There's usually a joke attached. <laughs> so so you, just, you just told a joke about yeah, it. Yeah, so there so. you go. Like <laughs> <I'm>, I
0: said, <laughs> what's the one? Uh, you know, the is it the noro, uh, noro norovirus? Virus? Yep. And that's the one that's. Uh, unfortunately, Unfortunately, on a, they can have outbreaks on cruise ships. Oh
2: yeah, it, it, there's outbreaks everywhere. Noro Noro is an interesting one, so. It, people are some people are resistant and that's resistant in kind of air quotes to norovirus cuz in order for it to get into your cells to cause trouble it has to bind to a very specific protein on the outside of your cell and certain people have a mutation in that protein that means the virus doesn't bind properly it seems like though about you know, probably about 7 or 8 years ago a new mutated version of norovirus emerged that seems to be better at entering cells that have this mutation. So I have done 23andMe a couple yeah. times and I know that I have this mutation mm-hmm. and that explains why up until recently I'd never had food poisoning. I was like, what is this? People are just making this Oh, you've got food poisoning. Oh, you can't come <laughs> into work. Yep. That's so funny. Ha ha ha. And then, yeah, like twice in a year uh, I got it and it was definitely tomorrow come <laughs> It comes on real fast, comes out of both ends, goes yep. away very quickly um, but damn, that was disgusting.
1: Yep. <laughs> I had... I had salmon food poisoning um, years ago.
2: Salmonella or <laughs> salmon the food.
1: Salmon the food. And apparently... would be great if it
2: was salmonella
1: in the salmon? Oh, that oh, would be... Hel- Helmeta. But I was reading that that fish food poisoning is really, really bad. Yeah. Um, so... It was and it was. I, I thought I was gonna die. Oh yeah, there's it a was...
2: variety of different types of fish based food poisoning. So fish are a fan like they're so delicious and so good for you, but they can carry really interesting things. So uh-huh. I'm just
3: not gonna go out ever again. No yeah. Yeah. The See this it. is the
2: thing. The microbiologists who are either super scared yeah. of germs or are just like, Yeah, whatever. I'll yeah. be fine. I got a lot of immune
3: I feel I feel a lot better actually. Oh, yeah. So oh,
2: from what yeah.
1: I learned from Jake Gyllenhaal's movie Bubble Boy <laughs> John Travolta. <laughs> John Travolta. That's a remake of the John Travolta. Oh, really? That's I didn't know. What? Did yeah. yeah. It's yeah. important to get exposed to to the bacteria and everything Hashtag old. in order to have a stronger oh, yes. immune system, correct?
2: Exactly. So this is why, uh, you know, we always say wash your hands. That's great. Always wash your hands. But don't get too worried about things like antibacterial soap and keeping everything super clean all the time, especially if you've got kids. Um, Immune systems are like any other system in your body. If you don't use them, you kind of lose them. So imagine you had a child who grew up, you sort of locked them in a closet, you never gave them any books, you never had any conversations with them. They're never gonna develop any faculty for language. They're not gonna be hosting a podcast one of these days. I think that's a puke, um, <laughs> actually. <laughs> like, Wait a second, how did you know my childhood? um The same thing happens with your immune system. If you don't keep it busy when it's young, if you don't show it lots of things like, hey, you're being licked by a dog, hey, you're eating mud, um, it doesn't develop fully and it starts attacking itself. You get things like allergies and asthma and you just don't mount as robust immune responses to other stuff later on. So it's really important to like, you know, let your kids play outside, let them get you know, licked by the family pet, let them eat dirt.
1: That's so, why I, re- that's I, I awesome.
3: eat a, a handful
1: of dirt every night. <laughs> it's a good yeah.
3: And, and uh, I, I'm moving forward now. I've gone from I'm going to stay into. I'm just going to lick everything. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, exact yeah I, I see. I see just success in my future dime, there. Man. Like nothing. Like healthy. Thanks for having us, guys.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, very quickly, cool, I do have a quick question. Uh, uh, have you guys played Pandemic, the board game? No, a friend of mine does religiously. Here we go. Uh, Is Pandemic the Board Game, like, legit? Like, is that how we stop viruses? Yeah,
2: it's all about working together. And that's really the motto of public health. You need all these people with different skills. You need the person that's good in the lab. You need the person that's good at tracking data. You need the person that's the clinician on the front line, the uh, operational logistics people. You all need to work together to defeat viruses.
3: I didn't hear podcasters. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it's
2: completely (laughs) expendable.
0: I'm sure that you know in the movie it would be uh, it would cut to like patient zero. It's probably a podcast. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't know, it probably wouldn't be because you guys just hang out in these airtight that's boxes a, yeah. and
0: don't see Oh yeah, that's other right. So yeah. from
1: here we'd look outside and there'd be people yeah. falling. The world oh, yeah. It's like yeah. a yeah. zombie it would get infection. really warm in here. Um so that actually brings me to my last question. So every episode, I go onto Twitter and I do a, a hashtag of whatever the subject is. So for this one, a lot of things that came up with hashtag virus was the fact that uh, the the flu is very big right now. We're in, in we're in kind of the disease season. Um, so I was gonna ask. It's always ask, the disease yeah, season near me. <laughs> But um, I was going to say, uh, does anyone have any advice or anything they do to protect against the flu um, that, that they can just help people?
2: Get a shot and wash your damn hands. Oh,
1: there, there you, you go. go. Oh, don't that's go quick outside. And
3: easy. I, I don't do any of that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's a joke. It's a joke. I wash my hands. Um, for me, I actually, uh, every time I, I get even the beginnings of getting sick at all, I just drug myself up. I yeah. just get full-on NyQuil, just chug it for a day, kill everything inside <laughs>
2: of me. Prevention, yeah. prevention is the key. In public health, we like you to not get sick in the first place, so yeah, get the flu shot and wash your damn hands. Solid.
0: Right, oh, the, the classic prevention methods, are still the best. Yeah. Soap yeah. water
2: and common sense.
0: There we go. Wow. Uh, I feel I feel both uh, simultaneously relieved and more scared, Jeff. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I concur with I'm that. Kind I of feel really
1: like weird. 90% of our episodes leave you <laughs> <laughs> relieved and more scared at the same time. Just the way I like it. Have we ever actually stopped any fear of anything on any of these shows? Mm. Uh, fear of commitment. Oh, fear of commitment. commitment uh, fear of commitment. Fear of zombies. Although... <laughs> No one had the fear going in. so yeah. it's not real. Because <laughs> it's not real. Just a, a, a more of a, a, a fear of it never actually happening. Oh. <laughs> on that note, <laughs> I'd like to thank all of our guests for being on tonight.
0: Oh, thank so you. Fun. you guys. Thank you. Yeah, it was You're, a blast. Uh, Where can people find more information
4: again of where you guys are doing your great
0: work?
2: I'm uh, at Jennifer Gardy on the Twitters, G-A-R-D-Y. Uh,
4: just Google Dark Poutine or darkpoutine.com. Excellent. And as always, you can find more about Fear of Science.
0: We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, Let us know what you think of this episode. Uh, Make sure to go and connect with our special guests because they're great and uh, uh, they're doing awesome stuff, just like we're doing here on Fear of Science. And again, we couldn't do it without you. Again, my name is Dale Chai. I'm Jeff Porter. And until the next time, have yourselves a great day.
1: Thank you. Bye.